Hello everyone, welcome to Pennington AG Church Online. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor at a church in New Jersey in Heightstown called Connect Church. Some of you may know me now, though. I grew up going to church here, and I also was on staff here for six years as well. And so it's good to see some of you again. Um, I left in the middle of the pandemic, so some of you really may not have even know, knew that I left until we came back to in-person services in September. Um, but it's good to see you all. Uh, and just a quick update on Connect Church, if you don't know, uh, your church here is our parent church, and so what that means is you guys have supported us tremendously. Uh, every success, every win that we see in Heightstown and East Windsor is because of the generosity of this church in sending out people, sending out resources, so that we could launch strong. Uh, and I will say, again, we, we say this repeatedly, and I'm sure you're sick of hearing it, but this last year was difficult. It was hard. It wasn't easy, but... Our church was able to start well in the midst of such a hard time because of the generosity of this church. And so thank you, especially to your lead pastor, Brian, and to everyone here. Thank you for your generosity towards us. Um, Connect Church has survived. We're doing well. We're starting to grow. We're making an impact in our community. Um, and so thank you all for helping us get started. Today, we're closing out the series on James that you all have been walking through. James wrote to Jewish Christians who had been scattered because of persecution. This letter can have rich meaning for us today because it reminds us that genuine faith still transforms lives. We're encouraged to put our faith into action. And so today, the last part that we're looking at really is kind of the blend of this where we see our faith come to fruit come to action out of our life, out of our lives. And so today as we start, I just wanna contrast two different stories that have happened in my own life. The first one is this. Um, my family growing up had a construction business. And so years of construction had taken its toll on my dad's body. Um, he was in his early 50s, he went to the doctors, there was something wrong with his neck, he was in a lot of pain. Um, and they essentially told him that he needed to go on disability for the rest of his life that they didn't recommend that he continue to work. If you know my dad, he continued to work. He didn't let that stop him. However, he couldn't really turn his head. Um, now when you drive, turning your head is an important thing and especially when you back up. And so uh, we also plowed snow and things like that. And so when he was doing that, he wasn't able to look behind him. Uh, and so he backed into a few cars during that period. So much so, my cousin and I uh, coined the phrase Uncle Franking things. And so if you backed into something, you Uncle Franked it. But I, I tell the story for this reason. Uh, my dad and my mom went to a service at another church in town. Uh, and while the pastor was speaking that day, he got a word from God and he said, hey, someone here tonight, has chronic neck issues and they're telling you to go into disability, but tonight God wants to heal you. Uh, and I invite you to come forward just to pray over you. And at that moment, my dad was like, yeah, that's me, I'm, and didn't waste any time. He ran up, the guy prayed over him and he was healed. From that moment, he was able to use his neck again and a lot of the pain that he had went away. Uh, a pretty crazy story just of how God can still heal today. But then I contrast that again in college, um, my aunt was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, people prayed for her like crazy. There were Facebook groups, there were people sending letters from all over the country, um, just speaking faith and life to my aunt and to my family. Um, she even went into remission for a little bit and it was like, our prayers are working, God is moving. Um, and then there was a period where the cancer came back and she ended up passing away. 
Um, and it was a difficult moment for us because we had the same faith that we saw in the story with my dad. Uh, and so for you today watching, maybe you've prayed for something big and it didn't seem like God answered. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you struggle with prayer because of it. And today I want to say, I understand. For a long period of my life, what we're about to read in James was a struggle and a challenge. Because even though I saw the good in my prayers, a lot of times the, the bad is what we remember and what we experience more. Or today, maybe you bared your soul to a friend or a small group at church or, or someone that you really trusted, um, but they didn't come alongside of you like, they thought, like you thought that they would. Uh, or maybe it faded, maybe it started strong and down the road you ended up alone again. Maybe you think it's just easier to do faith on your own and pray for yourself than to invite other people into the journey with you. I get that too. People can be difficult sometimes. But maybe you've experienced an incredible move of God in your life too, and it's built your faith. Today I want to say, don't keep that to yourself. Uh, it's an incredible testimony of who God is and what he's done in your life. And, and it can encourage others, and it can bring life into others, and, and there's a place for that kind of faith as well. You could be the encouragement that someone needs to keep following Jesus. So today, again, as we head to the end of James, just a couple of questions to think about. One, is our faith more than just words? It's easy to say we believe this, but when it comes to prayer, when it comes to trusting God with some of the, the big things that we face in our lives, do our actions match? Do we really believe that prayer is where faith and trust in who God is come together? I will pray like everything depends on God, but I will trust regardless of what happens here that God is good and faithful and that I can trust him. Is the gospel working through your life? Is your life different than how it was uh, a year ago, a couple months ago? Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? And are you rooted in community? Are you praying for others? Are you walking alongside of them? Are you letting them see areas of your life that are broken? As we head to James 5, it's going to speak to these questions. And so, I, again, I encourage you, think through where you're at as we read that today. Um, but before we do, let's pray. God, today we thank you for your word, that it's alive, that it's active. God, right now we just pray that you would speak to us. Open our ears and our hearts. Um, may we just be open to what you have for us today. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so with that, James chapter 5, verse 13 to 14, which says this. Are any of you suffering hardships? you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. When we're in need, we need to pray. When things are going well, we should praise. When you're sick, you should call the, the leaders and the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Instead of complaining, which in the previous verses we read, um, when life is difficult, we need to pray. And now I get it. It's a lot easier to complain about the difficulties of life than it is to go to God and pray. Um, right now, our culture is incredibly critical. We are really good at finding reasons to complain, reasons to be critical, but I think our faith should shift the way that we think uh, in our minds. Instead of being critical, instead of looking for reasons to complain, instead, would we in faith come to God? 
would we take everything to him? In the hard times, may we first pray. When things are good, may we praise and may we have gratitude for the faithfulness of God in our lives. This also reveals where our faith and where our trust is as well. But even today, the two commands that James gives here could be reversed as well. When life is hard, we should still praise God and sing and remind ourselves that God is faithful, that he is who he says he is. And just because things are going well and we may be cheerful, we still need to pray. Oftentimes when things are going well, that's when we think that we don't need God. James clearly here sets the initiative on the person in need. When you are struggling, you should call people into the struggle with you. When life is difficult, one of the first things that I do is I isolate. I get quiet. Uh, I stop talking to my wife even, and I just like to pretend I'm fine, I'm good, but I just don't want to talk to anybody. James, again, is saying the opposite. Bring people in to the journey with you and let them pray with you. That means we need to be vulnerable. We need to be honest. We need to let people know what's really going on in our lives. James continues in chapter 5 and verses 15 to 16, and he says this, Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. But the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Now, I know you may hear that and you may be skeptical even like me and think, all right, so if I pray and I'm, and I'm earnest and with faith, then God should heal exactly what I'm saying. See, James isn't guaranteeing physical healing here. And he even says it when he says, your sins will be forgiven, which is an echo of the way that Jesus often spoke at times when he healed people as well. The greatest healing that we receive is being right with God. Our spiritual healing of being forgiven of our sin that separates us from who Jesus is. And today watching, that may be a new idea for you, but the greatest healing that we have is our, our broken, sinful lives being forgiven and made right, that we could stand before a holy God and be right with him. And James is pointing that out here. That's the greatest news for us today. But in going to God, we reveal where our trust is. I, again, me personally, I often, when life gets hard and it gets difficult, I just work harder because I think, okay, life is hard. I have this. I'm good. I just need to, to buckle in and do this. But the thing that I've learned, especially over this last year, is sometimes I don't have this. And, and I need God. And instead of, of buckling in and tightening up and working harder, I actually need to stop and pray. And I need to slow down and see what God is doing in, our li in my life. Again, the, the reference that James makes here to the idea of forgiving sins is sometimes it's not about physical healing, but it's the work that God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. And today, you may be praying for something big in your life that God would show up and move and, and, and I'm joining you and, and we would love to pray with you in that. But don't miss the still small voice of God speaking and guiding you through it. And, and the small moments where you see that he's with you, that he's present, that he's working and that he's moving. 
Yet the context of this statement also says that James does not exclude physical healing when we pray as well. And so we should pray in faith. We should expect that God is going to work and move. And sometimes that may be difficult, but that's where scripture, scripture says if we have faith the size of a mustard seed even, that God would show up and move. But this is where it matters. We pray in faith, but we trust in who God is, whatever the results look like, that he's good and that he's working and that he's moving. When it comes to prayer, I think one of the biggest reasons we often don't see God move is because we don't ask. And for me, there was a period where I stopped asking. And one of the, the biggest wrestlings in my own life that I felt coming out of the season with my aunt is why pray? It doesn't matter if God's going to do what he wants, then, then what's the difference? Today, prayer is still an important thing. Because in, in it, we, we again show where our heart and where our trust is. The reality is, I stopped praying because I started to live like I'm better on my own than walking my life with God. Today, maybe you've given up asking, but if you never ask, it ne also never gives an opportunity for God to work and to move. Sometimes maybe we think we need to guard God's reputation too of if I'm bold, if I come out and if I show faith here and it doesn't happen, God's reputation is damaged. Today, God, God can handle his own reputation. He's big enough to do that. Really, it comes down to us and our hearts and are we willing to walk in faith and in trust. But then James takes a weird direction here. He, he's talking about healing and he's talking about prayer. And then all of a sudden, he works in this idea of confession. And when I first read this, I was kind of like, okay, this feels a little odd and maybe out of place. But I think confession is important when it comes to healing. Why? Confession recognizes and tells us that the kingdom of God is not about us and our righteousness, but actually it reminds us that Jesus is the center of it. It's about his power, his death, his resurrection. And when we confess, it's often the areas in our lives and in our hearts where we hold on to control and we hold on to power. And so we need to confess those so that Jesus is greater in us. Confession often brings healing, both physically and spiritually. Confession frees us from heavy burdens, again, physically and spiritually. It removes hindrances of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today, maybe watching You've been struggling with something. And, and that struggle is so front and center in your life that you don't even feel like God can work and move in your life anymore today. We need to confess. Grab a friend. Grab someone you know. Um, if you don't, contact Gavin. And he's the next step director here. He would love to help walk you through that because we need people to walk this journey with when we're isolated, when we're alone, and we don't have people to share what's really going on in our hearts, we often miss what God wants to do. Confession to each other is essential because sin often isolates us and confession breaks the power of sin. God cares about freeing us from our sin and our struggles as much as he cares about physical healing. Why? Again, it's about our hearts being right with God. And when we confess, it allows him to heal and to restore our relationship with him. 
Confession also keeps us from pretending to be a Christian who acts like everything is fine when it isn't. As a culture, and it's even crept into the church of, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And we say that even though we've had the worst week of our lives, everything feels like it's caving in around us. How are you? I'm good. Sharing what's really going on in our lives with people that we can trust and people that we're in this journey with together allows God to work and to move. Much of prayer is not effective because we haven't confessed things that are going on in our heart. And then at the end, James also says a lot of our prayers aren't met with God or answered because they're not earnest. We pray once and we give up. God, would you do this? And he doesn't, and we move on and we forget. Or it's just offered with this lukewarm attitude that's just like, I really don't care about this, God, but, but maybe you do, so would you show up there? And, and even as we say that, when was the last time you fasted for something that you really believe you, and that you wanted God to do in your life? When was the last time that you invited people around you to pray over something that you wanted God to do in your life? Because again, the reality is a lot of times we toss up these half-hearted prayers, maybe as we're falling asleep or over a meal, just being like, hey God, if you're out there, if you're listening, do this. And that's why I think James saying being earnest is important. That means passionate. It means we're invested in this. That means we think about this. Would we pray? Would we be passionate about God working in our lives? James here also references Jesus' teaching as well. This has been a theme throughout James that you all have been hitting. And so in Matthew 21, um, he read, Matthew said, or Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to the mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Um, now, even that passage again has this idea of let's pray for anything and about anything. But one of the keys that we need to realize in this too is in the context of this verse, as I know God more, my heart and my passions align with his heart and his passions. And he's not saying we'll get everything that we want, but he is saying as our lives line up with his and, and our heart aligns with his, there's power in our prayers. We're praying into existence the things that God wants to do through us. And what an incredible place for our hearts and for our prayers to be. Again, this isn't you get whatever you want. It's a may my heart line with God so that his kingdom would come through my life. James closes out chapter 5 by saying, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. James here is telling an incredible story from the Old Testament of the life of Elijah to build our faith, to say God answers prayer. And that's why I even started with, with a good story today because God does answer prayer. There are moments, again, where I feel like he, he didn't or maybe it wasn't the way that I wanted, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't answer prayers. And James is building our faith here. Again, some of you today may have given up on prayer. Maybe you're in the midst of a really hard season and you're not seeing what you want. Don't quit. Keep praying. God is working and he's moving today. Again, the church was being persecuted. 
and James wrote to encourage them, but it's our suffering and our hardship that is supposed to bring us together in community. Again, when we fall short, would we bring people around us? Would we confess? Would we invite them into life with us? Would we be honest? Would we be real about what's really going on in our hearts? Would we confess to each other what we struggle with? I know small groups are coming up for you guys. Be in a small group. Do life with people. We need people that we can trust and that we can share what's really going on in our hearts. Today, if you're in a hard season, again, keep praying. If you're in a good season, that means you have faith. Come alongside the people who are struggling and pray with them. Tell them, I know that you're in a season and it may not feel like God is working and moving, but God just did this in my life and we're gonna believe and we're gonna pray with you. Community is what's supposed to be what sets followers of Jesus apart from the rest of the world. The depth that we share life with each other, that we know that we have people we can come to when we're struggling that we know that we don't have to bury what's going on in our lives and feel like, I got this, I'm on my own, I can do this, but instead, hey, let's walk this together. I don't know the heart of God, and I don't know why he chooses to answer some things and why he answers other and doesn't answer others, but I do know that we need each other through those moments. One of the main reasons I sit here today is because of a group of people that I had and, and through my struggles and feeling like God didn't answer the prayer that, the way that I wanted it, I shared everything that was going on in my heart and in my mind and those people sat there and they listened and they prayed with me and they helped put the pieces back together again. We need people like that to join with us, to pray with us. And so today as we close, Maybe you have never made the decision to follow Jesus before. Maybe you're beaten down and maybe you're discouraged today. Maybe you feel like there is no hope today. I wanna tell you there is hope. And, and how do I know that? Because I've seen God be faithful in my life. I've seen him show up and answer prayers and do incredible things that I didn't think could ever happen. But most of all, he changed my life. His forgiveness and his healing has brought incredible purpose to my heart and my life. If you don't know my story, due to some of the things that I went through that were difficult, I became incredibly angry and bitter at life, at the world, at God. But I'm incredibly thankful today for his joy that he has brought to my life. And today, if you're watching and you've never trusted Jesus before, his death and his resurrection makes us right with him. It's the greatest decision that you will ever make. And I know there, there's a link that you can click to let, let people know that you've made that decision. We would love to, to help you understand the decision that you've made because it changes everything. Today, there's hope, there's forgiveness, there's purpose because of the per person of Jesus. And today, if you do follow Jesus, again, just a couple questions to think through. Maybe you are someone today who has a need. Maybe it's something you're struggling with. Maybe it's a physical need, a financial need. Invite other people into the journey with you. 
don't just turn this service off and not ask for help or invite people to watch you. I know it's easy to do that. You might be alone on your couch right now and no one is around. Even just drop in the chat, hey, I need someone to pray with me. There are people who will pray with you even online today. Again, maybe right now life is good and God has been faithful. Use that faith to help build the faith of people who are struggling. And don't forget, praise. Remind yourself that it's because of the faithfulness of God. So join me today as we close in prayer. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus, for his death and for his resurrection, and that it changes everything. God, it gives us hope when we face difficulties, when we face struggles here on, on earth. God, we know that because of Jesus, there's hope and there's forgiveness. God, will we not isolate? Will we not feel like we have to do this alone? But today, God, would we first turn our hearts to you? And God, I pray over everyone who's made that decision today. God, reveal yourself to them. Would you just fill their hearts right now with peace and joy that only you can bring? And God, for the rest of us, I lift up every need right now of, of people watching. Would you work? Would you move? Would you show up, God? Would you do greater things than we can even think or imagine? But most of all, would your presence be with us? Remind us today that you are with us, God. You haven't forgotten us, but you see every circumstance that we're in. And so just today, remind us of your faithfulness. And God, would we just take a moment and pause and thank you for who you are. In your name I pray. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today at Pennington AG Church Online. We hope you have a great week.